Hey gang, are you in a band in Austin? You're looking to make the leap from the band of schmoes to the band of pros? Well, you can start by rehearsing at Space. Space is a state-of-the-art affordable venue for rehearsal and recording located just a few short miles south of downtown Austin. 31 spacious rooms, great PAs, and a very helpful and courteous staff. That's Space Rehearsal and Recording. Find them at 512-448-9518 or go to spaceatx.com and take the talent train from Schmoesville to Protown with Space Rehearsal and Recording. Let's get down. Hey gang, I want to make a quick announcement. Since we started this podcast in 2011, only the last 20 episodes have been available on the streaming services. You had to go back to the Podbean app or to the website, howdidigethere.podbean.com to access past the 20, last 20 episodes. Well, gang, big surprise. As of now, the last 100 episodes are available on all streaming sites. That includes the From the Vault episodes. All of the episodes, the last 100 episodes from this episode back are available now on all streaming services, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast, Stitcher. Go there. Whichever one you're subscribed to, whichever one you use the most, go subscribe to How Did I Get Here. Follow us, rate us, leave us a comment if you can, and, uh, and check out the episodes, man. Get out there and enjoy the last 100 episodes of How Did I Get Here on your favorite streaming services. Let's get down. Johnny, I'm your host. Welcome to the show. I hope you guys have all had a good weekend, whatever it is you did this weekend. I'm actually doing this on Sunday. Have a pretty busy Monday uh, doing that Paul McCartney's birthday show. Uh, Hopefully you came to it. But I did want to let you guys know that tonight, which is Tuesday, June 20th, uh, I am going to play a solo set. At the Belmont, there's a big show going on tonight. Pure Gold Realty presents. Uh, my friend Chad Goldwasser owns Pure Gold, is moving away to Los Angeles. So hello, Austin. Austin to LA in honor of Dustin. I don't know who Dustin is, but it's going to be a lot of people playing tonight. It, it, doors are at 5.30. It goes till 11 p.m. It's As I said, it's at the Belmont. It features music from uh, Deadeye, Barfield, uh, Graham Wilkinson, who's been on the show, Tony Camel, who's been on the show, Taylor Muse uh, from Quiet Company, who's been on the show several times, and me, I'll be playing too. I think I play around 7 or something, maybe 7 to 7.20. I don't know. People are doing like 20-minute sets, as in, then there's a couple of big band sets that come out with Deadeye and Barfield. So that is tonight at the Belmont. Uh, for more details, email chad at pgraustin.com. For more information on... <laughs> Hello, Los Angeles. Email chad at pgraustin.com, all right? A lot of people playing tonight. That is tonight, June 20th at the Belmont. Tuesday, June 20th. Uh, other than that, gang, it's been a crazy weekend getting ready for all this uh, Paul McCartney stuff. I've also done a lot of mellow stuff. Uh, my girlfriend, Jenny, got me a nice Father's Day present from my dog, which is this uh, bottle of water that opens all these different ways. It has a bowl, it has a cup, so you can drink or you can just drink directly out of it. And then there's like a sneaky part at the bottom that she says is for treats, but I think it's for your weed. Uh, It's like a little very bottom thing. I think that's where you can hide your weed. Um, Anyway, and a nice card. So uh, 
as a father, I don't have any kids, but I do have Rosie on the regs. It's nice to be recognized for. So thanks, Jenny. Gang, I have a great big show for you guys. I have a double header, a twofer, a double show. That's right, man. I'm going to be talking to singer, songwriter, and author Ricky Stein. Amazing, amazing artist, man. Amazing songwriter. He's just put out these songs, Fear of Flying and The Great Escape. Uh, uh, sorry, The Great Escape was an LP. And uh, he's got all this great music out there. You can find him at rickystein.com. He's an amazing, amazing songwriter. And uh, he will be playing in Austin. He lives in New York, but he'll be playing in Austin at ABGB on Saturday, July 15th at 6 p.m. Uh, Graham Weber told me about him. He's like, hey, man, you got to get this guy on your show. He wrote this great book. And I, uh, he sent me the book. Ricky did. And it's an amazing book. It's this book called Sono Beat Records, Pioneering the Austin Sound in the 1960s. It uh, mostly talks about these guys, Bill Josie Sr. and Bill Josie Jr., who kind of started recording stuff and started this Sono Beat Records and recorded bands and had all these great artists affiliated with them like Edgar Winter, uh, Eric Johnson, Gary P. Nunn, Rusty Weir, Ernie Gamage. This is all like the history of Austin music pre-Armadillo. So it's like pre-Cosmic uh, Cowboy, what was happening in the 60s, like in the late 60s and early 70s going on here. So this is a really fantastic book. You can check it out. Go to rickystein.com. Get involved with all of that. But I'll be talking to Ricky Stein. But also, my dear old friend, Alan Hill. Alan Hill from the Alan Oldies Band. He's got Alan Hill Entertainment. He, uh, he runs the Continental Club there in Houston. He used to be in Banana Blender Surprise and the L Orbits. He's an amazing musician, a great friend, and uh, a longtime Austin and Houston music cat. He, is, he just put out a brand new single on Friday called Heartbreaks. And it's a song that he did with the, with the wonderful Paula Nelson, daughter of Willie Nelson, who's been on the show. I love her very much. And uh, this is a great fucking song, man. It's nice that Alan's got all of these enterprises going and he does all this stuff, but he still finds time to write and record original music and go out and play shows as himself. He is having single release parties this Friday, uh, June 23rd at the Continental Club in Houston. He'll be playing at 9 p.m. opening for the great Joe King Carrasco, friend of the show. I love Joe King. He is my friend and, uh, and I think he loves me too. Saturday, he will be at the Continental Club in Austin. That's Saturday, uh, June 24th. He'll be playing at 7.30. Alan Hill's brand new song, Heartbreaks. You can find it on all the streaming services. I'll put a link to the Spotify on here. And so uh, before we talk to uh, singer, songwriter, author, and professor uh, Ricky Stein from New York, let's talk to the great Alan Hill about his brand new single, Heartbreaks, and what's been going on with him for the last couple of years. So here's me and Alan Hill chatting it up. Let's get down. Things are going really well. Uh, just having a having a blast running the Continental Club in Houston, and uh, excited about a new tune. Keep making music, and you know, have all the wear a bunch of different musical hats, man. And I like hats. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, so you're running the Continental Club now? Yeah, I'm booking all the bands in there and uh, doing most of the marketing. So it's uh, it's a thing, man. I love it. How awesome, man! Yeah, it's great. It's I great. love and that I, place. 
I miss playing there. Yeah, man. Well, we'd love to have you back. Of course, I gotta say that. Uh, no. Yeah, it's great. It's uh, you know, I just love that I've I've been in music over thirty years now. I know you have too, and yeah, I'm excited about it. And uh, looking at the club, I see so many bands, and it's about music and marketing and personalities and the diversity of music is really exciting. Yeah. You know, it's good to get out of ruts. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, this tune heartbreaks is great, by the way. I'm glad Thank you're you. still putting out music too. That made me, that makes me happy to know that, you know? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I, I think it's important to, um, you know, I like how it's working for me now is when I have a song that I feel like have that little something inside of me saying, push it to the finish line. I, I, I just follow that instinct yeah. and I don't release and just feel like I need to get that one out of the factory. Um, but this one uh, really turned into something special and uh, each step of the way, bringing in new people um, and having new ideas and, and being a different uh, sentiment and emotion that I'm typically associated is also a nice challenge. Right, right, <laughs> right. Uh, how did you, you know? how did you hook up with Paula Nelson to do this? Uh, so I knew Paula through uh, Landis Armstrong. Okay, yeah. Uh, and Kevin Lance. Yeah, yeah. And uh, did a handful of tours with her about a decade ago. Okay. Uh, filling in for Chris Johnson, and it was before Matt Eske was playing with her. And uh, became pals, and uh, when I had this song, I thought, you know, I really would love a, a female perspective on this. Yeah. And thought of Paula, and, uh, and she's just a champ to work with. She was so enthusiastic and excited yeah. and just gave her her all. And in South by Southwest, I ran into her sister, Amy. She was like, I like your new tune. I was like, what? Oh. She's like, oh, yeah to me and you know like we're talking about ideas for what to do and um so that she took it really really seriously and uh you know it's a perfect example of as a producer and artist you think okay i want this exactly but i've had something that told me like you know i want this but all came in was something that was so much better than i could have imagined oh that's great and i think that's the power of letting the artist be the artist yeah uh than trying to control the process because if I knew exactly what I wanted I'd do it myself and then probably be like eh let's try something different I'm out of ideas yeah but Paula brought in at least a dozen different emotions to the same four words uh, that are key to the song that I thought really expanded it put a new emotional spin on the whole on an emotional song right yeah that's interesting. Do you, Alan, I find myself doing the same thing. Like as I've gotten older, I don't, I like, I'm like, why would I ask this person to come in and do exactly what I want them to do? Why don't I just ask someone that I like what they do and see if they can elevate, you know what I mean? Like it takes, takes a little while to get over yourself as an artist. <laughs> it, it, it does. And it's also like, I, you can do it and, but it's, it is learning how, we work best with with artists as freedoms, bring your personality into it. Yeah. And you want a perspective on it. And, um, you know, that, I think that that's, it expands it. And it's with people you trust and respect and say, 
and go for it. You know, ultimately you do want some new ideas that appreciate what the opportunity you brought to uh, help create to include them. Yeah. So it definitely helps. Yeah. Yeah. How uh, did you write that song alone? You wrote it on your own? I did. Yeah. Uh, I was, uh, it was a particularly rough night and I just kind of, uh, was tossing and turning in bed and I, I got out of bed and wrote the chorus very quickly. Uh, you know, lit a candle, grabbed my Telecaster and just, uh, came up with the chorus really quickly. And I, and by singing, I was feeling that, yeah. you know, just air. Like really, um, it, it was a powerful thing. I said, there's something here and wrote a handful of placeholder verses that I thought it doesn't quite tell the story, but arranged the song, did a demo, and uh, then got into the nitty-gritty and probably wrote 15, 16 verses wow. uh, to hone the story and hone it down to three verses. Right. And say, where, what am I really trying to express? Um, and, and ultimately, I, I feel like the song is uh, about acceptance and forgiveness and, and then gratitude. Uh, it's you know, I guess the punchline is it's a woke version of uh, who are you thinking of? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, I'm all kind of, you know, like, like you know, it's definitely a, a middle-aged tune, but it's like, hey, I'm really grateful that, that this person was in my life. Yeah. And the time we shared together was a gift. Uh, and you have a choice to, to cherish it or, or dismiss it. Yeah. And it, if it's someone truly special, I've, I've just learned by uh, learned by doing. You know, hey, be be grateful. We had some wonderful times together. That's that's what I want to hang on to. Yeah, yeah. That that kind of keyed up. You know, David Beebe uh, is on the track. Oh, fantastic! And he he played drums, and I just knew that Gulf Coast groove, uh, the El Orbits for years. We just and banana blender too. It's that cookie in the cupcakes, dug some uh, groove. And David's just plays drums like only a singer would. Right. Uh, he's a great drummer, but he's like answers the melody on the hi hat or on the ride cymbal uh, in a way that's very cool. And uh, but I knew the whistle solo. I was like, you know, in a sad yeah. song, there's light. And David is a world-class whistler. I was going to ask if you were the guy, but it's David, huh? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> if, if I could whistle like that, all I'd do is probably just, like, whistle. Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense but, now that he's like, is he still out? He's still out in Marfa, right? Yeah. He's walking down, around the middle of nowhere he, practicing his whistling. <laughs> <laughs> he's a county commissioner out in Presidio County now, so... Uh, <laughs> It was great. I didn't, we recorded it at John Bush's studios, Kakeda oh, cool. Moon. And it was great to have John in, involved. Uh, you know, he's a great drummer and great producer. And John and I had always been friendly, but I didn't, uh, you know, I was a fan, but he, he and I just bonded on this song, working, you know, stuff like, well, I was brushing my teeth, listening to the phone in my pocket. And, you know, we need to tweak the vocal just like a hair. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a great collaboration and just really fun of like, hey, we're creating a piece of art together. Let's let's have fun and, and apply ourselves, but 
not get stressed, not get freaked. Like, let's just let it be what it's going to be and work hard and the magic will come in. Yeah. I've played with him a few times. He, it, just his vibe, you know, is, is amazing. Yeah, very much. Just a, just a great guy and very, uh, enthusiastic and encouraging and, and we'll tell you what he's thinking, uh, which is great. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, you're doing these release shows Friday, June 23rd at Continental Club in Houston with the great Joe King Carrasco, who I love and adore. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, and then the Austin one is the next night at Austin Continental Club, June 24th, Saturday. Uh, who else? That's that one's at seven thirty. What? Who else is playing that night? Do you know? I'm not sure who's who. Who else is on the night? I mean, Steve does such an incredible job of uh, having three different shows a night. Uh, well, and, and I don't know who's playing the the middle and the late slot. It's not sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny that uh, it, it and and it usually doesn't matter, right? Because I'd like when people come in from out of town, they're like, "Hey, I'm coming into town. Where should I go?" I'm like, "Well." Go to Continental Club. Like, if you don't like what's happening down there, go upstairs. You don't like what's happening down there, walk, like, you know, 10 blocks. There's a place called Sea Boys. You're going to like something happening there during any of those times. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's, uh, I mean, that's exactly what a venue should do is provide that peace of mind of what, we don't know what's going to be there. We just know it's going to be. And so it's a stock recommendation. And, you know, it's, I've I've played on a bill with the uh, ACDC and uh, Black Sabbath tribute at the Continental Club in Austin, and you know, I'm sure Quentin Tarantino wouldn't like, or Johnny Depp wouldn't be like, "Huh, what tribute are you playing at Club tonight?" Yeah, it's like this place is always cool. Yeah, yeah, you know, Watson or it's a it's a tribute band or it's yeah, Junior in the past. It's just like this is a great spot, Peterson Brothers, right? Greatness. It's funny, same with Houston. There's like that whatever aesthetic that that I get when I what the feeling I get when I walk into the one here, I get that same kind of feeling there too. Like it's worn in, it's got a good there's some history, those there's some ghosts in there. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. And that's the the last time we talked, uh, when all over the map my debut C D came out, uh-huh. it were just loving the experience. And, and every single piece of it. And I think of it all the time, you know, like you got to love the smell of stale beer when you oh, yeah. get low. Yeah. And, uh, I think the magic is in the room when you walk in as, as the band and it's the staff and you're setting up and you're kind of rubbing the road and, you know, just like, all right, we're, we're, we're not at peak energy level, but the room starts talking to you of like, you know, you can anticipate the energy and see the transformation of, there's five people in the club and now there's 250 people going nuts and we're all having this shared collective awesome experience. Yeah. Uh, that's part of the anticipation to load in. Yeah. Uh, we're going to transform this space and it's not just us. It's the audience. It's everyone, that's coming yeah. in, uh, to, to participate in this, in this, you know, making magic. Yeah. Are you guys still, you still doing stuff at the big top, right? Cause you guys have both. Absolutely. Right. Right. Yeah, and uh, and we also have uh, right before the pandemic, uh, Pete Gordon built an awesome outdoor stage in the backyard, and uh, it's you know, Houston weather. It's a good bet in October and April, 
so we do it, it, it during those seasons. We have three bands running, three stages running with different awesome. genres and the big top, a, you know, a cover band outside and a, a touring showcase act in the, uh, in the club it is really, really fun. And it, it's, it reminds me a little bit of club Clearview in, in Dallas yeah, yeah, where yeah. It, there's a rave room, there's yeah. a white table restaurant, there's an arcade yeah. and then there's freak show bands in the corner. Yeah. And it was always great. You could, did you play, play Clearview? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I played a lot there. And I love being on that stage and you'd see somebody that was clearly out of their minds for the rave room. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> they, they'd walk in They'd walk in, they'd be like, whoa, it's a band with drums and guitars and singers. This is freaky, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude, that, that, so it's not, Sorry, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, we, we don't have a rave room at the uh, at the Continental Club. More like the rave on room in the uh, Buddy Holly Center. <laughs> well, that's good. Hmm. Who all is in your band now? Like, who all are you doing? It's a great... Session? It's, it's a great question. Uh, Landis Armstrong Fantastic. is uh, our just uh, you know just super key guy. Um, Chris Johnson is playing the bass, and also Mark Riddell is playing on one of the shows. It's it's back to juggling lineups. Yeah, and uh, speaking of juggling, and Austin James Mann is playing drums on that show, and uh, he used to be in the Schlitz Courts. Davi and BB in the Schlitz Courts from way back when. I don't think I ever saw that. And then Eric C. uses in the in the, the Houston band. So it's, uh, you know, players, uh, great players, great musicians that are all excited enough about the tunes to, to learn them and then, you know, also just rock them like it's a live show. And, you know, tell them like, hey, we've already made the record. This is about, you know, turning these songs into a live experience. Yeah. Which is the exact opposite process of what I used to always do. <laughs> <laughs> right right you'd run through the songs and then you get them ready to go in the studio but then you have the the inverse is a little harder yeah absolutely and uh you know it's it is a thing you know like you also have the input from the audience of what tunes in your set they like the most and it helps prioritizing you've got arrangements you've got all that stuff dialed in right and it's much more in in the studio, you're creating something that no one's heard before, and then you go sell it after the fact. Right. Uh, so I, I enjoy that variety, and, and having uh, working with different people at times in my career has felt really daunting and difficult. And now it feels like, hey, who's ever happiest about being there that, that has the skill set to to you know bring these songs to life? It, it, it's fun working with new people. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. You know what I was just... It, it helps. Oh, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no. It's just saying, it, like, with new people, it helps It helps the music breathe in a way that, uh, you know, repetition is great, but sometimes it's nice to have some diversity and a song will go a different direction based on exactly what we were talking about earlier. Right. Whoever's playing a song on stage right now uh, is going to need to play it like they play it. Yeah. Well, I mean, we think about it. That's how a lot of those cool hits in the 60s and 70s were made. These guys would get a chord chart and have to come up with these cool ass parts in like 10 minutes. And then two hours later, you know, uh, these boots were made they for were walking. Was done. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, do you uh, 
Do you do you play like do you do like Alan Hill's shows more regularly, or do you just kind of do it now when you put something out? It's uh, really when I put something out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, plan for 2020 uh, before the pandemic was to really uh, take the originals and get out on the road a bit and really work that angle. Um, but the pandemic coming in that, that changed everybody's plans. Yeah. Uh, and now it's, uh, you know, I, it really is the, the former when I have a song that's coming out, it's a good opportunity to say, uh, cause each song enhances the catalog and get out and Hey, these are fun songs to play live. And, yeah. uh, it's part of the whole process. And sure. If gigs come along that are like, Hey, we want these tunes. Right, I'm happy to go go do them, but it's it's part of playing so many different roles in the music business. Of I'm playing fewer gigs, but I want them to count more. Yeah, uh, and so that's uh, just going into the grind for the grind's sake is is not where I am in in my life or in my career right now. So when it's a special occasion, go for it and make it great, and then you no. Know, doesn't doesn't hurt to have a little bit of absence to make the art grow fonder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was thinking. I saw that that uh, that like AJ like Love and Chaos has played there some at the yeah. at, at the club. Yeah, and I know Disco Expressions plays there. And I I then AJ called me one day and was like, "Dude, have you have you ever seen this dude? Like he, he <laughs> so he's working with them. I guess he's recording their right." Yeah. Nice. I did. I did. I didn't know that. Paul B, David's youngest brother, fronts uh, Disco Expressions, and it's just totally over the top. It's, I mean, his. I used to think that Skyrocket was over the top, but then I saw this video of that dude like chopping, like doing a karate chop and breaking wood during kung fu fighting on stage, and I was like, okay, these guys definitely are like one step ahead of us as far as the show goes. <laughs> well skyrocket's a phenomenal band as well and uh you know the disco it's it is a disco expression uh mitch paul's i mean they, they refer to him as the lead dancer uh <laughs> who happens to sing lead vocals yeah. and uh you know the horns are great there's this uh pete gordon his stage name is peter king he has a you know retired video movie star uh, everybody's got a, got a bit of a backstory about how they got into disco, but it's a hundred percent authentic. You know, it's like shoes from the seventies that Paul dances in for four hours a night and doing the splits and, uh, you know, just, you know, flexing his muscles, the yeah, whole, yeah. like, yeah, so, <laughs> if this is the role. It's almost like ladies send your men home. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> What's more disco than that? I know, totally. Uh, Man, Pete uh, is hilarious and awesome in that Mojo documentary. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And not just there. uh, You know, Pete Gordon, uh, you know, this is something that, like, as you and I and and all of us that have been in it for a long time, and hopefully, you know, consider coming into the business and and, or, or lifestyle, uh, such that it is. It's like you know, you meet amazing people in this journey, yeah, and uh, and it's you would meet them. No, it, 
I've met so many incredible people through music and, uh, Pete Gordon has to be at the top of that list. Uh, met him through, uh, Mojo Nixon and Banana Wonder Surprise. And I was a new guy in Banana and Pete told me I, I look like crap on stage. And I was like, instead of being offended, I mean, it, it stung, yeah, yeah. but, uh, I listened. Yeah. I was like, there's a better, you know, there's more, this is a creative outlet too. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, it was a really helpful thing. And Pete's one of the kindest, coolest, toughest, smartest people you'll ever meet. And on top of that, he's a world-class rock and roll piano player and entertainer. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and now he's, you know, he, he's my boss at the Continental Club in Houston. And, uh, you know, his approach is, hey, man, you got to make every mistake at least once. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's go for it. Yeah. You know? And, and no news is good news. And he's a macro manager, not a micro manager. So he's like, all right, man, you really goofed that one up. Let's try again. Or, hey, great job. Uh, so it's it's good. Uh, he's one of my best friends. We've been through so much together. And, and we met at the hole in the wall uh, when the Neptunes were playing. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, it was crazy. Like, as I moved into Austin, um, the song of the week was Nocturne habits uh by the neptunes and the very next song i heard was painting by numbers uh paint by numbers by james mcmurtry and wow. i just thought man this is this is exciting and, and both those guys are buddies That's uh awesome. all so it's it's great yeah yeah some of that that footage of pete playing in those at some of those fucking crazy toad liquor shows were just insane yeah, absolutely yeah. over the top, and uh, you know, true rock and roll band. And you know, every year in South by Southwest, I don't always get to see the Mojo show because of my schedule. But this year, I, I, I said I'm, I'm staying for the Mojo thing. I'm planning around it, and yeah, you know, those guys just come out, and it's everything rock and roll should be. It's fast, it's intense, it's wild, it's unhinged, and there's a hook to it always. Yeah. Uh, you know, Mojo's preaching about life and, you know, it's, you know, not to steer too, too far down the political path, but Mojo Nixon has been more cons- politically consistent than anybody in the spectrum for the last 30 or 40 years. Yeah, no yeah. matter what. It's like, this is about freedom. This is about you have a right to say what you want and to, you know, treat people like the way you want to be treated. Yeah. It's really inspiring. And, uh, you know, he's a mentor and a friend and, and seeing that at an early age, you're like, wow, this is, this is really unhinged and everybody's here for, for the throwdown. And this is a party. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I, I had a fantastic talk with that dude. Like he's just, he is inspiring. He, I mean, it's weird. It's weird. He should be like a motivational speaker. I mean, it'd be a weird motivational speaker, but he would be great at it. Like you feel fired up after you talk to Mojo, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's like, it's that. It's, it's in, in rock and roll, and it's, you know, be emphatic and be real clear about what you believe in. Uh, there's no edges with Mojo. No. You get it all. Yeah. Uh, or you get nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, dude, people can go out. Um, this, this song, Heartbreaks, will be available on the 16th of June. Do you want me to put this out in between the release of the thing before the shows? 
So that way people go. Yeah, listen. man, that'd be okay. great. All right. So yeah, this, this is available now wherever you stream music. Alan Hill, Heartbreaks. I'll put some links to it so people can get to it. And um, Friday, June 23rd, 9 p.m. with the great Joe King Carrasco at uh, Continental Club in Houston. And then at uh, Saturday, the next night at the Continental Club in Austin on June 24th, 7.30. Yeah, that's it. Hey, thanks so much, John. I appreciate everything you do with rock and roll on stage and off and uh, this podcast. And just congrats. Likewise. On, uh, Likewise. You know, that's, that's the whole thing. Like, we're yeah. lifers and we figured out yeah. a new hustle to stay in this game. Cause yeah, it, yeah. Man, it can be excruciating, but it's way more fun than anything else I've ever done. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. It's funny because we are family. Like we've kind of grown old together. We're all growing old together. You know. Yeah, and it's uh, you know Ian Moore was yeah is a hero. And uh, years ago, I, I had him play at Discovery Green, and uh, you know we've known each other for a long time. But he's, he's, he just said, "Hey, man, isn't it cool that we're both still in this?" Yeah, and I thought that's exactly right. It is. You know. <laughs> People that short time is that are in and out and they're, you know, bitter or say, oh, it's a young man's game or whatever. I mean, not totally wrong, but like, hey, it's still fun. You know, there's yeah. something about pursuing craft. You start, you don't stop the music and that's exciting. Yeah. It's funny that you did that as a quote. I have a quote kind of like that from him. In, in a situation backstage at a thing where there was a lot of people, I don't think anyone had died. It was like a celebratory thing. But there's a lot of people hanging out backstage and he put his arm around me and he goes, man, Johnny, we've been knowing these people a long time, huh? And I go, yeah. And he goes, a little too fucking long for me. If you... <laughs> he turned around and walked out. So, <laughs> so I guess that's how it feels sometimes, yeah. It's family. It's actually family when it comes to that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, dude, congratulations. <laughs> I'm glad you're out there still making music and doing all this stuff. And uh, and hopefully I'll see, I'm going to come to Continental Club uh, when I'm in Houston hanging out. Awesome, man. Yeah, I look man. forward to it. I missed the place. Thanks, Johnny. All right. Love you, bud. Take care, buddy. You too. Bye-bye. Gang, that was Alan Hill, his brand new single, Heartbreaks, a dead, who has the, the wonderful Paula Nelson singing on it, is available now wherever it is you stream and download your music. You can see him this Friday at the Continental Club in Houston. That's Friday, June 23rd. He'll be opening for Joe King Carrasco at 9 p.m. On Saturday, June 24th, he will be at the Continental Club in Austin at 7.30 p.m. If I make it back from Houston in time, I will, you will find me at that show waving my hands, screaming because I love Alan Hill. Get out there and support his music. Check out the Alan Oldies Band. Go to the Continental Club in Houston and get Alan's new single, Heartbreaks, now. All right, gang. Uh, without further ado, let's talk to this great musician and songwriter and author, Ricky Stein. His book, Sono Beat Records, Pioneering the Austin Sound in the 60s, is available now wherever it is that you, uh, that you get your books. You can find him at rickystein.com. He's also got a lot of music out. He's got singles out, The Fear of Flying, uh, all of this great music everywhere. He lives in New York, but he will be in Austin on uh, Saturday, July 15th, playing at the ABGB. At 6 p.m. As I said, go to rickystein.com for all your Ricky Stein needs. I want to thank uh, Graham Weber for hooking us up and making this happen. I loved your book, Ricky. I really did. I think everyone should check it out. The, the story of Austin music always starts right at, uh, right at the Armadillo, right? So this, this one picks up. It's like the prequel, if you know what I mean. And they go back and talk about the significance of Schultz's Beer Garden. You know that place has been around since like 1866? 
That's the first venue in Austin. That's right, man. I was supposed to go to see a Father's Day show today with my friend Darren, but it's like 102 degrees outside, and I will not go outside and see a show right now. Sorry, guys. It's crazy. Uh, as I said, you can find Ricky Stein at rickystein.com. His book, Sono Beat Records, Pioneering the Austin Sound in the 60s, is available now wherever it is you get your books. But go to rickystein.com to find out exactly where. Uh, his latest single, Fear of Flying, which you will hear now, is available now along with all of his music. All right? He'll be playing on Sunday, uh, July 2nd, at the Mercury Lounge in New York. And on Thursday, July 6th, at the Middle East in Cambridge, Massachusetts. I've played both of those places and I love them. One place I haven't played is where he'll be playing here in Austin on Saturday, July 15th at the ABGB at 6 p.m. As I said, rickystein.com. Without further ado, this is me and Ricky Stein chatting it up. Let's get down. Finally found a way Not to hate Or feel ashamed Of my own skin Where I've been Yeah Yeah, what do you do on Saturday? Where, where do you live there in the city? Where do you, what part of so town? So it's a neighborhood It's called, um Borham Hill. It's like downtown Brooklyn. Oh, great! And it's a good neighborhood. It's it's close to downtown, so it's real close to all the train lines, and uh, it's about a thirty minute walk from the bridge, and it's about thirty minute walk from Red Hook, and thirty minute walk from Prospect Park. So between those three things, you know, there's a lot of a lot of ground you can cover. A lot of good ground. Hell yeah, man! That's great. Yeah. And it's quieter than Manhattan. It's not so busy, but it's still got a lot of, a lot of stuff to do, a lot of place to go. You know, um, I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, you have a you have a child, right? I do. Yeah, it keeps us busy. I bet. I mean, that's what I was kind of kind of hinting at. Uh, you know, it's my first kid. He's he's about a year. It'll be a year old in June, and. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, just a lot more chores is all. That, yeah, you know, of course, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I have a cousin. He, I have a cousin that lives in Harlem, and she's got a uh, son. He's going to be three in a couple of weeks, but uh, uh, he's kind of grown up there the last couple of years. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. And like a city kid, they're moving to Albuquerque. She's she's her job's moving her to Albuquerque, but. Uh, but yeah, so it's going to be a different scene for him. But he, his life is like a groove. They're in a second floor walk up, like, you know. It's different than what I grew up with in Austin, but I'm excited to give that to Hank, my son. Um, I don't know. I just think he's going to have a really cool experience here. And yeah, I'm excited to, yeah. to share with him. It's nice. I don't have kids, but if I did, I would want them to experience not like the suburbs and like, you know what I mean? I'd want them to be like, and it's like, this is it, man. (laughs) Yeah. This is fast as it goes. Jump in, go. You know what I mean? Right. Right. (laughs) So yeah, Uh, man, you were born and raised here. It's like a nine. I was. I am. Yeah. Yeah. Do you Um, miss it a lot? Sorry now? Do you miss it a lot? I do. Definitely. You know, 
when we came up to New York, I, all, when I was growing up, you know, I started playing around Austin in high school. I was in a band and, and just sort of fell right into the scene real naturally, you know, just, just. Well, you're like second you know, generation though, right? You're like. Yeah, my dad was yeah. a singer songwriter in the 70s. And um, so he knew a lot of people. He's real close with Durf Morlicks oh, and yeah. uh, Mike Jackson and um, some, you know, Bill Browder, a lot of musicians that have been doing it for a long, long, long time. And so, you know, I got introduced to David Cotton early on. He started booking <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, baby. Anton Saxon Pub. And that was very, I thought, hey, this is going to be easy. Yeah. I'm, I'm like 18 and playing Antones. I thought like, hey, music business is great. Who needs college, you know? Yeah. And, and sort of very quickly, I learned like, oh, actually, this takes a lot of hard work and um, discipline and things have to go right. Right. So that was like a, a big, big um eye-opener for me for sure but but growing up in austin was terrific i loved it and yeah i miss it so much now the great thing is i feel like whenever i come back i'm back home you know what i mean yeah of course like like me and my wife we moved up here in 2016 and i thought it was just going to be for a couple years see i thought i was going to maybe go into um higher higher ed and be like a professor I, i i wrote a book about the austin music scene and that got me this into this program at Columbia. I thought, wow, for someone who like had trouble finishing high school and had to like start at ACC, that was like a big turnaround for me. I was super proud of that. And I thought, okay, I'll come up to New York and be here for two years and get that experience. But then the thing is, we just like it here so much. And, and it's no knock against Austin. I love Austin so much. Sometimes I feel guilty about moving away and leaving all my friends and folks back there. But the really nice thing about our situation right now, we're lucky in the sense that we get to come back and stay with um, uh, our folks and, and still just like slip right back in the scene. I'm not even kidding. I went to hole in the wall to see Evan Charles play yeah, yeah. on one of the Tuesday nights. And um, it was so funny because I probably hadn't been in that bar in 10 years. And I'm not even kidding. Like 30 <laughs> seconds, 30 seconds into walking in the room, there's like this regular that I'd seen back when I used to play there. Yeah. Hey, Ricky, how you doing? And it was just like <laughs> unbelievable. That kind of thing still happens in Austin and despite all the change. And, and that was true all week long, just going out and seeing music. And I mean, it's a party town for sure. And I, I love going back every time I go back. Yeah. How does your music go over up there? Like I see, like there's photos of you, you obviously play Rockwood and stuff like that, right? Yeah. And now I see you're well, kind of, you got a gig at the Mercury Lounge ne- or in July. Yeah. And stuff. How does that go up there for you? Well, I really love it because I did kind of feel like in Austin, you know, there's a lot of blues, bluesy Americana guys up in Austin, but in New York, it's sort of, you stand out a little bit yeah. and there is a pretty strong country rock, Americana folk music scene here. But like having that authenticity from Austin, just sort of like, I don't know. I do feel like it helps get a little distinguished, you know, like, like, Oh, that's the Austin guy, you know? And, and I, I really love that. Like, um, 
yeah, the new, it took a little while to get going. I started playing Pete's Candy Store, which is yeah, a shoebox. Yeah. yeah, oh, it's a great bar. Yeah. I love that bar. But it's teeny tiny. But what's nice about it is it's okay to start not knowing anyone, you know? Right, right. Like my first show there, I had literally like five people, you know? That's a half full um, house, man. <laughs> I, yeah, and it, it doesn't feel too good. It's like, okay, yeah. And then, but that's a nice place to grow. It doesn't pay any money, but it's not about that. You know, you get in front of some people and then, and, and then the last time I played there is literally like, like there's no room in, you know, if you bring 30 people, yeah, it's yeah. a sellout. Sellout, yeah. <laughs> it feels awesome. It has that energy, you know? Yeah. So, and New York's really great at that. I, I You wouldn't think so, but there are a lot of great small venues here, despite all the costs and despite the greedy landlords and the, right. the critical um, real estate issues that, that dictate this city, you know, but... But despite all of that, there are amazing listening rooms. I, I love that about New York. Yeah, Mercury that, is that main, example. like the main Rockwood room. Like that's a pretty small room. That's what, like maybe yeah. seventy-five people or something. All, all three of those rooms are really oh, good small? examples. But yeah, the main one's teeny tiny. Yeah. It's like seventy-five people, and then it might even be smaller than that because there's two small ones. One's like a sit-down place. Rockwood three. That's where I've been playing. One's like a little bar that, that they don't charge cover anybody. It's kind of like Pete's. And then, and then the other one is the bigger one where sort of bigger, bigger names will play. Um, but, but they're all awesome, small venues, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, being, being from Texas has been super helpful. I mean, New York city loves, yeah. Austin. Yeah. I mean, it, there's a ton of respect yeah. for Austin artists here. So, so it's cool, you know, well, and you just have a little bit, there's a little more like jazz and world music influences and hip hop influences up here. Yeah. But, but they still love country rock and roll, you know? It's yeah. Just good vibe music. The other thing I've always noticed when I play up there is like, you're like, oh, that's where you went. Because like all the people that show up, you're like, oh, you moved up here? You know, that you realize how many people that are from here live up there, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, so uh, you, you, when you started out playing, um, I saw that you did like a, a solo guy touring, like by himself. What years was that? So... So, all right. So I made an album way back in 2009 called Crazy Days. And then... That's the I one went with on Hubbard, right? Tour. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I went on a little tour uh, I, I with the band and everything. It was awesome. I loved it. I loved it. You know, hard to make money, but we, we basically broke even and didn't didn't kill each other. So it was a great success. Oh, so it was you a know? band and, tour. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but then... So then after that... I realized like I could do solo thing and basically camp out of the van. And that's what I did. And, and Oh man, I had a great time. I mean, it would have been nice to, to bring everybody, but it just brings costs up so much. So much. Yeah. But with, a, with a solo tour, you know, if you can make a hundred bucks every spot and then whatever you sell and whatever on top of that. And then I was basically camping out or staying with people or, 
you know, I took the back two seats out of the van and put a, a mattress back there. And, um, I, I just loved it. Yeah. Uh, the van life. I had a great, for <laughs> like two summers I did that. And it was just like ultimate freedom. I, I feel really lucky to have been able to do it. And I, I went coast to coast multiple times and I'm sorry about that. Yeah. You know that thing where, like, you... I don't know how old you are. You look really young, but you're obviously, like, in the 30s area, right? I'm 39. I turned okay. 39 uh, earlier this month. All right. Well, have you ever had the thing where you, you have a Red Bull at 4, like, to make it through your gig, but then at, at, like, 4 in the morning, you're like, Jesus Christ, like, it's like you did blow or something? It's yeah. Awful. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I had that. Um so it's funny when you were talking about like that, that when you're touring the country, it's easier to go by yourself. Right. And, and I've, mm-hmm. I've done, I've done both with a band and, and by myself and stuff, but you know what I've never talked about with anyone. And, and I wonder if you'd feel it too, is it's not just the cost. Like when it's just you out there by yourself and it's some shitty coffee shop gig where you're going to make $3 in tips and there's a homeless guy sleeping in front of you, an experience I had in North Carolina. Um, <laughs> The fact when you're with people and you're schlepping people under the name Ricky Stein, there's also a level of guilt where you're like, I'm sorry, guys. I'm, I didn't, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's just generally speaking for years. Uh, we had that issue where what's your band called? And you have to say Ricky Stein and it takes a lot of ego, and t- but, but, you know, I, I feel kind of embarrassed by it. But at the same time, people do it all the time. And the truth is, every time I've been in bands, um, it falls apart. Something, you know, we did it. So the last time I did a band thing, I, after Crazy Days, I made another album. And it's called Something in the Night. And I think it's, I think it's really good. But I was talked into putting it out under a band name and then the band like basically fell apart. Like, like the, right, exactly. the guitar player decided he wanted to go to Europe. So now I have all these copies of these albums of a band that doesn't exist. It drives me crazy. So after that, I was just like, listen, guys, I'm really sorry. You know, I, I hope there's no hurt feelings here, but it's just going to, I just got to go by mine. It's purely right, right. a, it's yeah. I mean, yeah, but I know what you mean that, that cause people are always like, what's your band called? And you tell them your name and yeah. they're like, you do this blank stare. Yeah, yeah. You know? Well... It's kind of awkward. Yeah. We, I, I call the band the Blue Collars now, yeah. which... I don't know. I, I think C-A-L-L-E-R-S. <laughs> I think it's like an old name. But it is. band name is the hardest thing. I always tell people starting out, if you can think of a cool band name, you, you've solved half the 100%, problem. 100%, dude. 100%. I've, yeah. had a, I've had a couple, but I, I've resorted to like... Uh, like I, I had this band and it was my last name because we just couldn't find a name that wasn't already taken. Right. And then yeah. I, re- I remember like we got a record deal and stuff and there was talk from like two of the dudes in the band were like, hey, you know, this is like we work in the band too and now it's just you and we'd like it to be sort of the energy of attention be diffused across all of us. But yeah. those guys also were the first guys to go. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean yeah. and that was my yeah. thing where it's like well fuck that's you know it should be my name I'm the last guy here all the time a hundred percent yeah and people understand that you know so now I just I mean yeah it might be a little awkward and, and it might not sell as many t-shirts but I don't know at the end of the day people just like good music and so 
I, I have no real problem. You know, it, it, that's what it is. You know, yeah. like, 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 take it or leave it. You take know, it. I, I'm at peace with it. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I will say, um, I do enjoy uh, adding to what you're saying about like touring and band. It is pretty nice to be able to go out on the road. As fun as it is to be with friends, it's pretty nice to be able to like, I don't know, to just sort of do your yeah. own thing. That's like freedom. Yeah. And I guess the consequence is like loneliness and it's not as exciting as if, as playing music with other people. Right. But that's why I just think it's good to do, it's good to have both options, you know? Right. Yeah. Did you ever know these guys? Did you ever know like Taylor Davis? Taylor Davis. He's a singer-songwriter guy. He did some records with Mark Addison and stuff. I bet I do, and now I'm just like drawing a blank on his name. I bet if I saw a picture of him, I'd remember. We probably hung out at Momo's or someplace. He, he, yeah, That's he, where I remember seeing Yeah. Yeah. Did we ever hang out there? Huh, sorry? Did you and me ever hang out there? We might have crossed paths a couple of but I always saw Mark there. I yeah. saw Mark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was kind of always there. Yeah, um, wasn't that like his piano that they eventually moved in there? Wouldn't surprise me, yeah. yeah. Anyway, sorry, so, sorry. Davis, I feel bad. I, 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 I would have to look That's him up. Right. And, and, he he yeah. was around and he kind of dropped out. He started a family and yeah. started a roofing company in Dallas. But he was a guy that was in that sort of like a dude in a car by himself touring around America and had all these friends in different places and would kind of hook up shows with them. And you know what I mean? Like there was a whole network yeah. of guys. Sure. That were oh, really yeah. Cool. I, know. I mean, and I'll be honest with you. I, I love being a family guy and having, I love my, my kid. I do anything for my wife and my kid and would, wouldn't change a thing. But I definitely still look out the window sometimes Yeah. and think about those days. I don't yeah. think, you know, it just you can't be two places at once. Right. Right. And right. yeah. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. That's something I've talked a lot about with other musicians. Is like, it, it, it's, it, 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 there's no way to be totally satisfied because that is a fantasy lifestyle. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it, it. I loved every moment of it. I, it was, I guess you forget the, the lonely parts sometimes, and the, um, you know, a gig gets pulled out from under you and then it feels like that, that doesn't feel good. You know, if something goes wrong, it can feel really bad. But, but like you said, you get the, 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 the wanderlust. Yeah. Such a huge thing. You know, I, I was just thinking about that the other day. Anytime I read something or hear something, that's why, you know, sometimes I, I don't, I don't like getting on social media a lot because I see something happen and I just think, oh, you, you know, you get that fire, like, Ooh, I could I could go out and play in Chicago. I could go out, you know, like I I could probably book something out out yeah, there, yeah, you know. Yeah. Get a little like, FOMO, a little like fear a, of missing out. Oh yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And it's like uh, it's tantalizing. Yeah, thinking thinking about that and and thinking about all that world out there. That yeah. And that's another reason I like New York so much because it's like if you can't travel the world, the world is you, there. You can get a lot of different places and yeah. see a lot of. different you know, there's so much, so much to it. There is that. I, I don't, I don't tour like I used to, but when I did, there, there was this sort of like, it took me about two days to acclimate to just being in motion. 
And then that was like, I feel real. And in, in New York, luckily that city just being there, you feel that movement and that energy of movement. Yeah. 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 People on the go. Yeah. So I, I definitely miss those, those days and think about them a lot, but, but, um, you know, you, you got to stay grateful, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and and that's what I try to concentrate on. We got a, a nice thing going here and I'm still able to be active and I'm never going to hang up my guitar that, that much I'm pretty certain about. I mean, I just, there's too many benefits. Forget whether you make it or not. It doesn't even, I don't even really. Right. I mean, I, I would love for that, to, some kind of success to come along, but that's really kind of secondary to be totally honest. The, right, right. the real payoff is getting to be with people in a room and, and share your, your life with them. It's just such a great, every friend I've made here in New York, and I got some great buddies now has been pretty much through music in one way or another. That's great. And that's something I'll always be, be grateful for and a reason to always keep doing it. Yeah. That's something that's so strong that you obviously are part of the lineage of it is that's one of the things about Austin, at least even for me, is that, you know, there's Tommy Taylor's. We're going to talk about Sono Beat Records. It's fucking yeah. great, by the way. Oh, thanks so it's much. super exciting, too, because, I mean, I, like, obviously I do this podcast, but, like, whenever I have people like uh, Jesse Sublet, who writes fucking great books about Austin, <laughs> Like I have him, mm-hmm. every book he writes, he comes on here and like does a thing, you know what I mean? Cause I just love, yeah. I love those books. I love those stories. I love going, walking around and being like, Oh, that's where that was. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's making the hair yeah. on my arm stand up, but you, uh, Tommy Taylor, you know, like that's a guy that I've known since I was, I lived here when I was a teenager and my mom was friends with a bunch of musicians. There's a Mark Hallman who used to own the Congress house was one of her best friends. So he was like my mentor since I was like 13. Really? Yeah. Small world. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, I was around those guys when I was a teenager. And then, like, there's something about the the nature of this scene and sort of how uh, it takes care of itself, where eventually people invented Sims and Ham, you know, and different ways for us to, to make it through life and, and yeah. have like a weird infrastructure that no other place really has like an actual financial infrastructure, like with black Fred and stuff like, you know what I mean? Like there's such, yeah. a, such an interesting culture, but all of that is because of the familial thing that you grew up in. You know what I mean? And I grew mm-hmm. up in. Mm-hmm. No, it's very strong. I mean, just the fact that you can go to the airport and make a couple hundred bucks in the middle of the afternoon that is awesome. Right. That is such a, like, I don't know of any, there, there may or may not be opportunities like that for musicians here, but if there are, I haven't really found them because that's the kind of thing for, for a year or two in Austin, I was able to do that sort of do, do these like sort of incidental. The gigs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, and they weren't glamorous, you know, I was no. playing a lot of, uh, grocery stores down in San Antonio and yeah, Mexican you know, restaurants. Real estate. I, I remember I would play for a real estate yeah. company. Yeah. You know, just like, okay, yeah, sure thing. Um, That's so, uh, but, I, but, I um, just got invited, not to interrupt you, I just got invited last week by this real estate bro. 
He's like, hey, yeah. aren't you friends with Charlie Mars? And I'm like, yeah, is he in town? He's like, yeah, he's playing the opening of my new subdivision. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. 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 yeah I so mean, I, that's a very Austin thing. Like, yeah. that Austin nailed that. Like, like, they made it this thing that, that everybody wants to, yeah, live music. Okay. So every place that opens up, there's this incentive <laughs> to be a part of that. I wish there was more of that here, you yeah, know? Yeah. I mean, there's great venues here, but people are just so um, stressed about that bottom line. Bar owners here, I don't envy them. It's a tough, tough job. It's so competitive. And um, you have to really, I mean, there, there's obviously still great music venues here, but, and, and thank goodness there are people that just, you just have to be really dedicated to that. Whereas I feel like in Austin, it's more, I don't know, just, just, I feel like a lot of places that open up want to be part of that, you know, like yeah. it's a culture thing that that's really cool. I, I miss that for sure. Um, yeah. You know what? I've, I've, I've been playing the Mercury lounge since like the year 2000. Oh, I, cool. I love that place, man. It's amazing. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's a, one of the great small rooms and, but the, yeah, period. It, it's a, uh, and the history there is really awesome too, with all the, all those bands that came to Strokes and Arcade Fire. Exactly. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that there's a lot of, lot of history there already in a sh- short time. Well, that that little Rockwood with the piano in it has that too, because there's. I remember talking to, because isn't the dude that owns it or ran it for long? Isn't he from here? Yeah, because, Jack. Yeah. Jack, yeah, because it's always really easy it. for any of us to get a gig there when we go up yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, he's a great guy. Great guy. He worked at Momos for a long time, and I saw him. Oh, Jack Martin. He, no, 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 there was a yeah. guy before Jack Martin there. Oh, I, like, I, I mean, I'm talking about from, like, in 2006, the guy that, I can't remember if he owned it, booked it, or ran it, or what, but I just remember yeah. it was it was like nothing like to get a gig there. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I, I don't remember. I mean, I, I, I remember getting booked there before I moved here, but um, I, I, that never came up. But but Rockwood is nice like that. I mean, they have so much music every day that they're another kind of place you can kind of get a good start if you're willing to play 6 p.m. on a Tuesday. They'll give you they'll, – they'll say, all right, sure – but then you kind of have to like make it happen. You yeah. have to really hit the open mics or do whatever you need to do to meet people and get them out. and and get people to come. It, it takes a while. It took me a while for sure to to consistently get decent gigs. Um, but but then once you prove yourself, they'll you know it, like it is possible to climb the ladder for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, tell Jack Martin, I said, hi, I miss that guy. Yeah. He's a great, he he's always been really, really, really nice. Good guy. For yeah. sure. I appreciate it. We used to look so much alike. This is the truth. Ask him. This isn't just my ego, but he told yeah. me a story that one night he hooked up with a girl at Momo's cause she thought he was me and he just went with it. Nice. Nice. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I love that. Well, dude, man. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, all right. Advantage you can, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
Oh, you know, I wanted to talk to you. Okay, first of all, let's talk about some of these singles you've been putting out. They're great. The Fear of Flying Song. Thank you. Unbelievable. You're such a great songwriter. I forgot to talk Thank to you about songwriting. Yeah, that's are, all right. Are you, and you, your, your music seems like it. Well, I've talked to, uh, to like Mary Gaucher and Darden Smith. And uh, do you know Michael Brewer, Brewer? He has that band Zykos. Had that band Zykos back in the day? Yeah, it's been six years since I lived there now. And so it's been a long time since I hung out regularly and right. would run into it, the name sounds real familiar. The band sounds real familiar, but they, I guess they weren't in my sort of like closest circle. Right. Of, of, so I see when I go back. So uh, the conversations that I had with these guys is basically like, what do you put into the song? You know, <laughs> how yeah. do you, how much? And all three of them agree that they spend about 40 hours on the lyrics of a song. Really? Interesting. Each song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I wouldn't. Oh. Uh, my, initial, my initial response to that was, man, I got to stop listening to Def Leppard, like right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I, I'll say that um, I try to write words. Words, I think, are the hardest part yeah. for me to write. And I try, I do try at least to put away, so I ride the subway home from work every day. And on a good day, if I'm good and if I'm disciplined, that's when I'll try to just put words down. Like, I guess poetry, but, but poetry with a, a rhythm, you know, right. with lyric, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, that rhyme, yeah, yeah, lyric. Yeah, yeah. And on a good day, you know, I mean, it's excruciating. It it makes you feel dumb. It makes you feel frustrated because there's nothing worse than looking at a blank page and thinking like, huh, what am I going to, you know, like, yeah. but every once in a while, I don't know, something comes out and you say, okay, that's kind of, that's different. That That's something that feels kind of good or whatever. And if I can do that enough, I feel like I can get a song out of it. If I, That's how a lot of, you know, I've had pretty good success with that. Lately. I'm trying to think of exact fear of flying. That one was more kind of came right along. As far as I remember that one, you know, I feel like there's two kinds of songs. The ones that you have to put the 40 hours in, or in my case, sometimes I've had songs, you know, seven years, you know, when you hear other songwriters talk about this too, you know, there's no limit, you know, it just sort of has to, the right words have to come along. Because think about it, like, uh, it can be an awesome melody, but if it's stupid words, no one's, you, and it could just be one word, goodbye, Ruby Saturday, yeah. you know, that's, uh, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, like one word kills the whole vibe. It just doesn't, it has to be Tuesday. It has well, to be like, you know. Right, but it, it, it has to be Tuesday syllabically. I guess also right. feeling wise, but see, that's what I was going to say is you seem like a person yeah. who's telling a story and getting a real like thing across. And I have that thing where, Oh, these words are fun to say together. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Like in well, a, yeah, like in a, in a sort of T-Rex, like it, it or, or like, uh, like the lyrics to I am, I'm the walrus. Yeah. You know, that's a different than a Mary Gaucher song. Yeah. 
or one of your right. songs. You right. know what I mean? This right. is like a weird sort of abstract word painting that just evokes images that don't yeah. make any sense or anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you can do it both ways, I think. Oh, you sure. know, I mean, you know, and I think both ways are totally valid. And I love doing that. That That's a great, I try to do that. If I don't feel like I have a specific thing in mind, just sort of, I mean, I love, I am the walrus. You know, yeah, that's one of just amazing. And I love songs like that, like Springsteen's early stuff. Right. Is like that. Men yes. drummers, bars, in the summer. You know, I, I think that's awesome. And that, I think that's a good way to, 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 to sort of like craft songs, lyrics first, you know? Right. Um, but then there's other times where, yeah, I do have like to go back to fear of flying. Like that was something real specific. That was about like being a teenager and, and just like angst, you know, yeah. and not being like, 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 I don't know, just, just the sort of, trying to be comfortable in, in people's own skin. Sometimes I feel like if you get an idea and you, I think, I think having that idea for something is sometimes the hardest part. Like, okay, what, what are we going to write about? What is, what is it? And that's where I like the idea of just like, you know, I'm just going to have fun. These words are fun to say. It's like a little spell, yeah. you know? Um, so I think the more ways you can go about it, the better, really, you know? Yeah. New York is a good place to do writing because the walking around, like that's my, that's my go-to place to find stuff. hundred percent. Yeah. Walking, it's got a movement on a train. Yeah. Riding yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Love, 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 love it. Any kind of movement in, where, where you're, you know, because when you sit down and you look at a blank page, it's just not super exciting. It almost feels like doing homework or something, you know. But if you're just like walking along and and you start, you know what else I love doing? Um, something that's been really helpful for me. Like, say you get booked at a venue you're really excited about or, or opening for a band you're excited or some kind of opportunity, right? And then it's like, Oh, you know what would go really great at the Continental Club? Like a shuffle. I, I wrote several songs specifically for Continental Club or, yeah. or White Horse, you know? Like, <laughs> all right, I need, like, just yeah. a, what's going to get people moving there, you yeah, know? Yeah. That's a great inspiration. And same thing here in New York. Like, there's this bar gig I do at this college bar called the Red Lion. Oh, it's great fun. It's a total shit show. But, like, like it's just like this huge party bar uh but but the 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 crowd there is incredible yeah i mean kind of like just kind of like over the top wild just just partying but but i definitely it's like all right you know i know i'm gonna have to play certain songs like dancing in the dark you know the, the songs that i know they're gonna love yeah yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. dreams by Fleetwood, and just songs yeah. that are like great party songs yeah but then what, is there anything I can slip in there? And that's been a really good way. Like, what, what would be a good sound that those people could connect to? And that's actually, I got a new single coming out pretty soon called The Night is Young. And that was literally written with that bar in mind, you know? Really? And, and I think, it, yeah, I'm su- it's probably my, I think it's my best song um, up, up there anyway. And, and so... 
Will I'm you, just trying to figure will you out. Send that. it to me. Can I play it on the show? Sure. Yeah, it won't. It won't be yeah. in its entirety. It'll be broken up in like a couple small segments and then the end of it. I love that. Oh, yeah, cool. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. All yeah. right. There's another thing that I noticed that the, uh, especially Fear of Flying, the album cover or the, the cover that you made for it. I put out some songs in 2021 as well, some singles. And I was trying to figure out what am I going to do for the artwork? Well, now we all have, you know, on our phones, we can make our fucking album covers. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I, is that a, a shot that you took of nature? Well, I can't know that. My friend Garrett Weinholz is very gracious. Okay. He's actually been doing a lot of work for but I did, I know what you mean, like Great Empty, that one, I just took a picture of this guy, made it black and white, put some words on it, there you go. My, I, I got a song called American Dreaming. I love My that wife song. took me, yeah. thank you very yeah, much, yeah. and I love that picture, and it was just something my wife shot with the Statue of Liberty in the background down at Battery Park, Yeah, yeah. and I was, like, I was like, this is like exactly the vibe I'm looking for, and I didn't even want to add any writing or anything, it was just, that's good as is. But I also love collaborating with other, and, and so I've got this guy that I've been working with, and he's just really into it, big supporter of, of, of what I do. Uh, I love Garrett Wiles. He's a great, great friend, and um, he, he's been doing video and uh, um, image stuff. So, so he, was, he was the one who put that together, and he made a great video for that song too, a, a video that I really like uh, for that song as well. So Awesome. But... But back to your point, yeah, I mean, all it takes is a cool photo. And I think about album art a lot. I put out um, an album called Long Summer in 2016. That's one of my major regrets is that I didn't, um, yeah. I wish I had put in a little, I felt like I could have done better album art there. It's a, it's a little thing, but, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things you only get one real shot at. Yeah. Once you put it out there, you know, you print up a thousand copies or whatever, you, they're going to, you know, you, you're kind of married to it for a while. Right, and, right. And, you know, and anyway, um, so I'm trying, that's actually been what's taken, getting this new song out, uh, this new single out, is I just really want to make sure that I get that right. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're like sort of self-critical, so, you know, it's like, yeah. well, you better could I do it? It's like, oh, I just want to get this out there it's kind of a fine line. Like, um, is it better to put a lot of stuff out there? Or is it better to wait and make sure it's top notch, whatever yeah, that right, means. Right. You know, I don't know. That's a fine line. And that's another thing that's difficult now that we all have our own careers in our own hands. Like nobody has managers. Nobody has right. like a label. That's like, Hey, you got to fucking finish this shit and turn it in. <laughs> a lot of us are recording at home. So you're just like, you know what? I don't like that mix I did last night. I'll try it again tonight. And then you can just like, whoa, yeah. like two years later, you're like, I'm almost done mixing that single, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yeah. added some claps at the end. I think it totally yeah. makes it. I think it's ready. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, for sure. Are you recording uh, this new stuff on your own? Or are you are you doing it? You're doing it on your own? There's a studio right down the street from Skinny Dennis in Williamsburg called Metropolitan Sounds. And I met a guy named John Epperly and he had me into his studio and we just, he said, come in and do one song. And, uh, I said, okay. And, and went in there and we, I loved it. I thought it was so fun. And I've been working with this guy, Mike Robinson, who plays with, uh, Sarah DeRose and oh, yeah. Railroader 
and um, he's fantastic. But he's been just on the road so much, he kind of he's just impossible to get a hold of. So uh, I, I did this, I did some sessions, some more sessions with John at Metropolitan Sounds, and I love what he's done because what he did was basically he just hired the drummer, and then I brought in a few lead players, but then we did everything else, bass, awesome. guitars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I, I love it. I'm really, really, really proud of it. Yeah, it all so, sounds really good. Yeah, so so that's sort of my plan. Fear of Flying and the one before that, Great Empty, were ones done by Mike Robinson. And that was great because he's such a monster musician. He literally, like, I just basically played him the song in the studio, told him a few ideas I had, and the next thing I know, like literally he sends me over this freaking polished. I just think he's an incredibly talented producer who's going to have, I think he's going to do really well eventually. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, but yeah. the key is you have to be able to be in the room with the person at some point. Exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> they have to be in, in one place for long enough. And he's just constantly out there on the road. So good for him. Yeah, that's great. So, uh, so this record, uh, this book, sorry, Sono Beat Records, pioneering the yeah. Austin sound in the '60s. Yeah, it is fantastic, and I learned Thank so you. much about sort of like at, we, at the. It's so great that you got this because everybody, everybody's thing starts at when those guys built the armadillo. When like Eddie and, and, and that right. gang like like got together and built the armadillo. And that's that's the Austin that you hear about. But then your story fills in how it got there. And even then, like you even kind of explain like the whole like how it all started at Schultz's beer garden in the eighteen hundreds, which is amazing because yeah. we all still yeah. play there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that place is incredible. Yeah, I love Schultz's. Yeah. 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 So um Explain, I, I know all the stuff that you talked about in the book, but explain how you came across the idea to do this book. You were working at, at ACL. Go ahead. Yeah, well, so um, so I've been doing music, and I got a little, you know, a little frustrated. I felt like, okay, when am, when am I, when's something going to happen here? And I was seeing my friends go on, get jobs and families and find success, and so I went to um, UT, uh, I went to ACC and then worked my way to UT and um, I started doing these internships. I knew I wanted to do something in music sphere, you know, yeah. and so I got an internship at Austin City Limits, which was incredible, super, you know, very, very lucky to get that. And I made buddies with one of the, the main production guys there, Michael Emery, and He's just a super nice guy. And um, he mentioned this. He knew about Sonobi. I don't know how he knew about it, but he was like, uh, oh, yeah, you know, there's this record label, Sonobi, and no one's really told this story. Maybe you could tell this story. And I didn't really, I was like, well, okay, you know, I, I didn't have any, there's no thought whatsoever about a book at all, none. And I thought, okay, well, okay, you know, I'll go check it out. And, I did need a, uh, like a senior year project, like, right. like for my yeah. program. So I saw that I was originally gonna do something else, but when I saw that, and then I saw the name Ernie Gamage, who's like a close friend of 
my dad's. I've known him my whole life. Right. And, and so I thought, whoa, okay, this could really, this, it just was immediately more interesting to me. Right. So I actually called my advisor that I was working with and uh, I said, like, I'd like to change course here. And they said, yeah, sure, go for it. And that's really, I, I did the research and, you know, went down to the history center and, um, uh, you know, interviewed some people and, and put together the story and I turned it in and, and I, that was the last thing I thought I'd ever see of it. Okay. That was fun. I got through college. Great. But then I got in, incredibly lucky. I mean, it just, so Ernie Gamage, the guy that I interviewed, my, my dad's friend, he had some contact to a, uh, the publisher, Arcadia Press in, in North Carolina. They specialize in these local histories. And they said, hey, we heard about your idea. Would you want to make this into a book? And so, hell yeah, you know, why not? Yeah. I'd never even thought about writing a history book. I, I you know, and I thought, <laughs> well, yeah, you know, like, and honestly, it's kind of eye-opening. It's like, wow, I guess a history book is just like a long report. You know what I mean? Like, like but- it's a long Right, but there there is some character. You can tell that you're not a person who writes history books. You're you can tell you're a person who's a music person that like found his lineage or something like at ancestry.com and you're like, "Holy shit, I'm going to tell the world." Like there does have yeah. that feeling of excitement in it. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. well, it means a lot to me. Well, I thought it, you know, it, it just it was it was it was wild how sort of natural it happened. I mean, I didn't I know Writing a book's not easy, and, and you know, it, but that was just sort of very natural. It, it was just sort of like everything just sort of fell right into place. And then the book actually is what got me into Columbia, you know. So here, <laughs> now it, it, life is crazy. What can I say? You know, it's that one conversation at at ACL. <laughs> unbelievable right you're totally right a hundred percent now you live so in I'm new york <laughs> yeah i gotta start listening more to what what acquaintances tell me yeah i gotta yeah anyway um but yeah it's pr- pretty cool i'm very proud of it i wanted to point out a couple of things that i thought were were really interesting one of them is kind of funny and that is that drum circles began at zilker in the 60s yeah. <laughs> so yeah. if anyone thought it came like from the eighties, it it definitely is like an it's an old tradition now. Oh <laughs> yeah. The hippies. Yeah. Those long hairs. Those, like, those San Francisco types. I was like, Oh, that's where it started. That's why it has such it's never gonna go away, man. It's got roots. Yeah. Eeyore's birthday. Eeyore's birthday. Are, are they still doing that down there? Yeah, they did it again this year. I think they All did right. it last year too, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, the other thing was I wrote this thing down because uh Okay. Would you say that it is I, I feel like in your book the over the 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 importance of Sono Beat Records was that it all of a sudden put an emphasis on original music, hence singer songwriter people, which is what Austin became known for and and what was happening there at the Armadillo and at Raul's and at like into the eighties and all that shit that this was sort of the catalyst for, because you, you had an you had a reason to write a song. I could get on the radio and you could have a regional hit and lots of people would come see you play. 
So that's yeah. way better than playing cover songs at a frat party. For sure, a hundred percent every way. And and I really think even to this day that a label does give you a certain amount of legitimacy. You know, um, I don't know something about it. It's just like somebody is willing. Somebody likes you enough to invest something to get your music. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. like and, and, um, I do think that, you know, the fact that, that the Josie, uh, family operated, um, a radio station helped a lot too. Right. Now right, you right, got right. A, a, a huge outlet for people to hear original music and yeah. come to these shows and start hanging out. And it just sort of creates a scene to this day. I still love listening to the radio. I listen to FUV and WKCR. When I'm back in Austin, listen to uh, KUTX and KOP, you know, because I really like that sort of sense of community. Yeah, yeah. You know, of course. The internet's great too. I listen to, you know, stuff on iTunes. I listen to whatever, you know. But what I like about the radio is it's like really good for a city. The, frequ- the FM frequency, you know, what is it, like a 50 mile radius? So that's like exactly a metropolitan area. So it gives a city its sort of identity. And especially back then when I don't believe they had, you know, like now you, you, you kind of hear the same stations in every town a exactly little bit. Exactly right. Yeah. The, each, each region had its character. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. New Orleans so different than Houston. So different. And Houston even different than Austin. Yeah. And I think, I think uh, KAZZ, they, they were sort of formed that, at least they were one part of forming that Austin sound, right. you know? If you listen to those Sonobe records, you can definitely hear a lot of Austin in that. Yeah, I yeah. mean, Rusty Weir was the, the drummer for the Lavender Hill Express. Right, and, right, right. You know, he was like a stalwart of, of Austin music for decades, yeah. you know? I mean, so. I used um, to, I used to yeah. call him Tex Jagger. <laughs> I, I like used to that. go see him at Saxon Pub. That's exactly what he was. He was like some weird old guy doing these very overtly sexual moves at Saxon Pub in a cowboy oh, yeah. hat. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was a sweet yeah. dude too. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, he he just. I saw him. We we played at a. Oh man, we I forgot about this till just now. But we played at this random dive bar out in like Lakeway. I don't know how we got this gig. It was some kind of mistake. I don't know, but we got this gig, me and my band and we played out there and, and Rusty Weir was hanging out. I guess he lived out there and, and it was not a glamorous gig. You know, it was like people were hanging out and the band was kind of background music and we were doing our best. We were playing all the, the, all the hits we could think of, you know, to, you know, and, and he actually like came up to the stage and said, you know, ride Sally ride. And he sang ride Sally ride with him. I just looked over everybody. We didn't know the song. We were just like, ah, uh, what are we going to say? Oh, no. You mean Mustang Sally? <laughs> yeah. Mustang <laughs> Sally. That's it. Yeah. Ride Sally ride. And, and the drummer just hit the beat and we we're just like, oh, okay, here we go. And he just went for it. Yeah. It was awesome. I, I was just like kind of in awe, like, wow, this dude loves music. Yeah. It was cool. 
You know, when you were say, just talking about KAZZ, I think one thing that Austin's had that's been a tradition for a long time is uh, is a live broadcast on the radio of a show happening. Like, yeah. remember in the, it, like, okay, so uh, it started there. Then in, like, the 80s, they used to do one from the uh, the the Austin Opera House on Mondays. I can't remember what station that was on. I don't remember. And then, like, know. in the 90s, KLBJ did the thing from Pearls. And now they do the Sun Radio thing over at Wero's. Like, that's another Love interesting that. thing that it, it that stuck. <laughs> like, there's a weekly broadcast where you can hear, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and they, they do that here, too. They do that. I don't know if that's something that all places do, but FUV, they'll broadcast live from Rockwood or live from, oh, cool. um, yeah, they do that at um, the big, uh, the tennis court. What is um, the tennis? stadium out there in Queens. I'm drawing a blank. Oh, I know what you're talking thing. about. Yeah. Um, anyway, they, they do shows from out there. I can't believe I'm blanking on the name. Like, um, you're getting old, man. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> anyway, um, if I don't think about it, I'll, I, I keep wanting to say auditorium shores. And I know that's not right. No, that's but, uh, right. 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 Um, but yeah, the, Austin's always been great about that. And, and I love what they do at Guero's. That was that is a really special gig for sure. You know, I realized that it, it was, it was, it was right after the pandemic. I realized that I really went there a lot and I didn't ever check who was playing. It's like one of those things. Like once you've lived here long enough, like you go to the continental club, you don't need to ask someone to go with you. Cause all your right. friends are already there. Yeah. <laughs> that's so I mean? true. Yeah. And that's different. I can't really say that New York doesn't have that, a scene quite like that. I mean, there, there are in some, some places like, uh, there's a great place called Jalopy Tavern that has music and you'll run into some people there and you can, but, but a lot of the bars, the, the programming is so diverse that it can be somewhat hit or miss depending on your taste. Um, so it's a double-edged sword, you know? Yeah. Um, but Connell club, you pretty much know what you're getting. You're going to get a, a badass roots rock, Americano type band, yeah. Or just like the best, whenever people come to Austin to visit and they're like, oh, where should I go? Or where should I tell my friend to go? I'm like, just go to Continental Club. And they're like, oh, what night is it? So I'm like, just go. Yeah. Because if you're going to see Billy Gibbons, get on stage with someone or, you know, Raul Malo, get on stage. It's it's going to be there. I miss that. No one terrible is ever playing there. The music might not be up your alley, but it's worth seeing because they're really good at it. A hundred percent. And that... Like I said, that's a little harder to do here. I could, I mean, you know, there's great venues here, but I do think it it's it's not quite as consistent. Just yeah. per capita, there's just so many great musicians that are doing like weekly gigs yeah. any night of the week. You find some <laughs> badass. Do, Seriously, like do David you know, Grissom plays at six p.m. on Tuesdays at Saxon. Right. And Gary Newcomb plays, I think, exactly. Monday night. Yeah. And, and I think he's one of the best musicians. Of all he's time. One of the best musicians yeah, he's one of my favorite. He's yeah. incredible. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just an embarrassment of riches. Yeah. Uh, so. That's a good way to put uh, it. Tonight, yeah. you know, it's funny. I, I was going to go to this, but then I got uh, invited to go see Spoon in New Braunfels, which I haven't seen him in a long time. And I've 
uh, oh, that'd be amazing. Kind of grew up with those guys in a way. Yeah, at that Ooh. amphitheater place. Yeah. Um, but uh, but Restos, our mutual friend Graham Weber, who set this up, sure. is playing with Jamie Harris at this place here in town. Ooh. And this girl I'm dating was like, well, I'm definitely going to that. I guess now that you're not going to go, I need to find someone to go with. I was like, what do you mean? Who do you need to find to go with you to go? Like, <laughs> your friends are already there. Like, just go to the show. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. 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 Like, Jamie's in town and Graham's playing. Like, what? They're, people are going to be there that you know and love. For sure. Yeah. It always felt that way. It still does. Yeah. Like, I, I told you about the hole in the wall. Yeah. I didn't need to, you know, I'll invite people, but. I'm not going to let that stop me because that's something that I'm just so grateful about music for in general, as, as frustrating as the business can be, um, you know, what, what other, there, there's few, um, hobbies. I don't even want to call it a hobby. There's few things in life, let's say where you can just show up to a place and just instantly have a genuine connection with yeah. people like that. I mean, that's really, really special. You know, like, like I feel like I could go to any city on earth pretty much, maybe not on earth, but at least in like the Western world, uh, places that like m- music I like, let's say. Okay. And find somebody playing that I think is decent and go and I'll meet somebody and I bet the chances are we'll have like a real connection, yeah. you know, that, yeah. that's happened countless times. And I just love that about music. And it's one of the things that I miss the most about, you know, now I obviously need to stay around the house a lot more often. And I accept that yeah. because I want to raise my son and, and, and be there for him. But um, I, I love that about music. And so, and during the pandemic, that's what was so hard for me Yeah, because that was missing. And I never thought I'll never take that for granted again. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, Ricky, this has been great talking to you. Uh, I'm really glad that I'm glad that Graham hooked us up and please email me that song. I'd love to put it in the show. This will be out in a few weeks, but is there anything that I'm missing? People can find you. You're playing Sunday, July 2nd at the Mercury Lounge in New York City. Uh, Thursday, July 6th, one of my favorite places, the Middle East in fucking Cambridge, bro. Yeah. I got one of those foot scooters there like 20 years ago. I got a foot scooter in Cambridge, and I foot scooted all around like the neighborhood of the Middle East, and it was awesome. Yeah, great, great. uh, I mean, great venue. That's a legendary room, right? I mean, it's been oh, yeah. there for a been there long forever. time. Long time, yeah. That's yeah. it's a great spot. Um, and then also, I'll be back in Austin at uh, ABGB on July fifteenth. So, anybody's um, oh. around there, yeah. I haven't posted it yet. I, I've been I've been a little lazy. Well, I need to. Uh, dude, am I getting that? No, I would love. Oh. I, I would love. I'll come out to that. I love that place. Oh, too. sweet. Yeah. It, it's early because they're doing like a movie night before. So I'm a little nervous about it. But, but you know, Paul Pulse is up early. Great, like six o'clock. Oh, that's not bad. Come on. I thought you meant like yeah. three or something. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. Saturday, six o'clock, ABGB. And I'm hoping the weather would be nice. It might even, I don't know if they're going to do it outdoors or, but, but if it's not too hot, that could be kind of cool. But anyway, I'm, I know that I'll be there at six o'clock on yeah. July 15th and I love ABGB. So Me too. looking forward. 
and I just love playing in Austin. It, it, I feel so lucky to have a little home base in New York and Austin and, and all the great people in these two cities. They're my two favorites in all the world. So, uh, so I, I've just had such a great time on your show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, man, me and, too. And for, I'm so I'm glad I'm glad that we finally got it together. Sorry, I was I thought I had COVID a couple weeks ago. Oh, when wow. we were supposed to do this. Yeah, I was really freaking out. Well, but okay, all clear. All clear. I was fine. It's just you know those <laughs> allergy days in Austin where you just like you forgot to take the the Zyrtec, <laughs> and the allergies are just so bad that you're like, "Fuck, what is this? Like, this is not allergies, yeah. but it is." I'm pretty, yeah. pretty sure that's yeah. what it was, or I had a cold or something. But um, uh, people can find you. They can find the book, where you're playing, your music, your videos, all that stuff at rickystein.com. That's right. Yeah. Well, dude, it's been great talking to you, and I'm looking forward to meeting you in person. And, Likewise. Yeah, send me that I tune. Email me that tune in, like, our thread, and, uh, and I'll do. put it in the show, and, uh, and I'll send you links to all the stuff when it's up, and it's really nice meeting you again. Likewise. Thanks so much. Thanks, my man. Have a good one. All right. Bye. You as well. Gang, that was Ricky Stein. You're hearing his song, Fear of Flying, his latest single, available now wherever you stream and download music. You can find him at rickystein.com. And don't forget that if you are in Austin Saturday, July 15th, you can go see him at ABGB at 6 p.m. Check out his book, which I'm a huge fan of, gang. If you want to know the history of pre-Armadillo and Cosmic Cowboy Austin music scene, check out his book, Sono Beat Records, Pioneering the Austin Sound in the 60s. Go to rickystein.com for all your Ricky Stein needs. Want to thank him for doing the show. It was great talking to him. Also, gang, don't forget Alan Hill's brand new single, Heartbreaks, which features the amazing Paula Nelson, is available now wherever you stream and download music. You can see him at the Continental Club this Friday on uh, June 23rd with Joe King Carrasco. And you can see him at the Continental Club in Austin, Saturday, June 24th at 7.30 p.m. All right? Get out there and check out all the Allen Hill stuff. And gang, don't forget, you can subscribe to this podcast wherever it is you find podcasts, be it Apple Music, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast, Stitcher. New shows every Tuesday and every Friday. We drop it from the vault whenever we want on late on Saturday nights. So sign up for notifications. You'll find out when a new show comes out. Let us know how we're doing. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Johnny Gowdy. You can follow us on Facebook. Uh, we are How Did I Get Here? All right. That's a lot of information. God, I hope you have a great week. Come on out and see me tonight if you're if you're listening to this the day that it comes out. Tuesday, June 20th, I'll be playing at uh, the Belmont along with my dear friends, Taylor Muse, Tony Camel, Graham Wilkinson, Barfield. <laughs> All right. Have a great week, whatever it is you're doing. Let's get down. Some people have fear of flying. Some people have fear of gets in the way and tomorrow will be too late so away by the
the gate And I don't mind You say you don't look now But I'm not blind I hear that sound It's all Some people have fear of flying.